Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean. Central superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. Right now, we need to you know, be around people who make us smile. So I asked my wonderful friend, Nathalie Boutros, back on the program. You've heard her before. She's a bon vivant girl, and she is absolutely fabulous. Nathalie, welcome back. Hello. I love coming back to your show. We have always a nice chat, and then we talk about being positive, healthy, and intelligent. <laughs> I feel like... You know, there's something going on with our intelligence right now. There's a lot of people who aren't understanding that we are in a pandemic because today we're going to be talking about COVID-19, how we're coping, being at home and the importance of staying at home. That for me, I'm a public health professional. I have a master's in public health. So this is near and dear to my heart. And I don't think because I have a master's in public health, I really know any more than most people in terms of like, there's a pandemic, we should stay home. Nathalie, what do you think is a disconnect with people who are out there protesting, who are really mad? So to start with, yes, we're all bored to start with at home doing, you know, like, I mean, I'm lucky too, because I work with my clients over the phone. So it's easy for me to continue see, seeing my clients. I mean, like listening to my clients, obviously. And, and actually I have more clients, but I understand that a lot of people lost their job. I understand that money is not 
as fluid as it is. Moms are like losing it because they have to teach their kids and they have to do the house, the cleaning, the cooking, everything. It's like, it's a lot. I get that. But as you said, there is a pandemic. I mean, like, it's not that, you know, someone is doing something and then you're staying home. We're, we have to all stay home. And protesting is not going to help us. Actually, it's going to make us stay longer at home. So I don't get like their logic where they're out there. I mean, in Michigan, we saw the, pro- the, the, the big protesters, the numbers increase. They have the highest numbers. So it's, it's kind of use your intelligence. They're not telling you to close yourself at home. They said go out, but keep your distance. Keep this, you know, like keep uh, a mask. And then instead of complaining, maybe everyone should kind of start to think what they can do and be creative. I mean, if imagine, Lisa, if they put all that anger that they put during protests into their creativity, it would be amazing. Something that my daughter is really good at. She's been very frustrated by the situation. You know, it's very difficult, but she understands the need to stay home. And she writes a lot of songs and she does a lot of iMovies. And I, I think, wow, it's so good if you can get your kids to know, you know, find out what, figure out what they're interested in, help them to be creative. Because the online school, I mean, geez, that's a whole nother ball game. And that, you know, for kids who are already homeschooled, they're like, this is cool. But if you haven't been, it's a lot. And for kids like my daughter who have attention issues, it, I mean, any little, the, the dog barks, I'm cooking, this is, you know, it's like, even if you put quiet phones on, you're still at home, right? And so it makes it really challenging. I mean, like, let's be honest, it's challenging for us too. You and I were used to to work from home, but for people who never worked from home, it's hard because like you're near the TV, you're near your bed, you're near the kitchen. It's like, you know, and then it's you can get so easily distracted. At the beginning, I know, I mean, like I had to turn off my phone because like I was receiving all these memes and all these jokes, all these videos about all this. I was like, you know what? Like I see them on social media as well. Don't send me please because like, it's like it's bursting but that's the thing because there are too many distractions around us so to get focused even for adults it's difficult and so i cannot imagine for kids although yeah it's like the parents like have the the biggest burden because the parents has to try to to put their kids at this focus and it's hard it's funny too because the other it's funny and frustrating because my daughter looks at me and says, "Mom, you don't know how to teach math." I'm like, "Of course I don't know how to teach math." <laughs> like, what the hell? It's very it's very trying. And then you're right, you got to clean the house and make dinner. Although I have to be honest, lately, you know, my husband, he works from home all day, works really hard. He comes up and he doesn't even ask what's for dinner. I just look at him. I said, eat what's in the house. He goes like, okay. And we, we just find whatever's in the house and we eat it because I only try to go out once a week to the grocery store. And so until everything's gone, you know, just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that? Like, how are you getting out? Or are you trying to limit it? I'm guessing, or tell us about that. I mean, um, let's be honest. I'm like very, very lucky and fortunate because in New York, I can get everything. And so for the first two, three weeks, I didn't leave my house. And I was like getting all those orders, grocery orders. And then even now, even if I go out, I go out to have a walk, but I go out before everybody is out. I don't go in parks or like by the water because like it gets crazy and I come back. 
so that's the, the the advantages to be in New York. The advantage is that we don't have the forest where we can walk, you know, like and take like some fresh air. And uh, but otherwise, like cooking, honestly, I'm trying to be creative, but I'm so tired of cooking. <laughs> and I don't order delivery. I'm like, I'm like, okay, try to stick to, to be healthy. And I'm tired. I mean, like, I need to, uh, you know, if I was at the restaurant, I would complain about the chef. I cannot complain about myself right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because you made it. Well, when I think about you, if someone said, well, what do you think when you think about Natalie? I think upbeat, outgoing, and on the go. I think of you I picture you walking through New York and being out and meeting interesting people and you know we, we when we met in New York a couple years ago I had some interviews there for my book clean eating dirty sex memoir cookbook healthy lifestyle guy not about dirty sex uh on sale now um at any rate we met and I just thought wow you are so cosmopolitan and I live in this small town that's two-thirds conservation land and I have a very quiet life and I thought I'd love to trade lives so I'm used to quiet I'm used to just honestly most most days I just go to the woods or I have a close friend nearby and maybe we'll go to lunch a couple times a week but other than that I'm pretty much home but what's it like for you am I right that you're pretty much on the go? Yes, I am on the go, but I like my, I mean, I always like my, my lonely time too, but not that much. <laughs> Before the beauty of it was that even if I was at home and I'm in New York, I knew that something was happening outside. I will hear the, the sounds, the smells, the, everything. Now, I mean, it's getting a bit better when, when you go out. It's, it looks like a deserted city, you know. It's so sad to see New York like this. It's, it's kind of losing its vibe. And it's, it's, that's the depressing part of it for me. But otherwise, like, yes, during the day, I was always working from home. And then, like, we'll, we'll go out for my meetings. So that was okay. And at night, suddenly, I don't go out to bars and restaurants. And I'm sure they all miss me <laughs> because I'm... <laughs> Well, you took me to a wonderful restaurant. What was the name of that again? Avra, Avra Madison. <laughs> oh, that was so good. You know, the other thing I'm thinking of too is for people who live alone, the challenges, and then there's challenges for people who don't live alone. There are many days, Natalie, where I'm like, gosh, if I lived alone, I could just binge watch every adult show that I can't watch when my daughter's around and I could just, you know, pet my dogs all day or go for, you know, 10 hour hikes or whatever. And then, but then I think of my father-in-law, we haven't let him leave his house in six weeks because he's, he's in good health and he's almost 87 and I've been doing his shopping and, you know, but we're like, Grampy, we can't lose you. You're not leaving the house. And he is so flipping lonely and we FaceTime him every day, but it's, so I see this thing of like, I crave that alone time that I'm not getting, but I don't think I'd want it all the time. What What's it like for you? You know, you it's alone? like, I have to be honest on some points I'm like, okay, I am lucky because I am alone. I don't have to, you know, even though it's great to have a family on this moment when you're like close in, in a small space, <laughs> things get like yeah. really heated. And I know, I mean, I spent Christmas at my mom's house back in Turkey with my mom and sister after five days were about to kill each other. So I was like, you know, <laughs> in a way, it's a good thing that we're all are separate. But on the other side, I miss hugging them. I mean, like I miss, I miss my family. I miss to see, to have this human contact. And that's like the part that is hard. I mean, uh, last, this Sunday, I went with my sister to, to do the antibody testing. 
I saw her, but I couldn't hug her. We were like staying at six feet apart with our masks, you know. I saw the picture on social media. I was like, yeah, you get to see your sister. Yeah, but I couldn't hug her. And then like, we went on a park like this. This was before like it got crazy in New York. We went on the park. We sat on the bench. We chit-chatted. And then I said, okay, bye. But I mean, it was so nice to see her, to smell her even at a distance. But I missed that. So that's like the part that I miss. It's like being alone, it's great, but being alone is lonely too. <laughs> it's lonelier than you guys who are with the families. Yeah, that's what's so difficult. You know, I'd love to talk about what you do with people. And this is a good time for some people who are able to be at home, able to work from home. And if they're, and I know it's hard because you also, if you have kids and you have to do the homeschooling thing, but if there is some time that you can carve out for yourself to work on some of the health um, things that you've been wanting to work on for yourself. For example, I'm finally doing my Pilates. I had a Pilates machine that was just basically dusty in my studio where I record my shows. And I've been doing it twice a week now. And I got a Peloton and I've been doing that. And then I walk my dogs every day. In between the working and dealing with, you know, the homeschooling and everything, it's not easy, but I feel like this is a good time. We talked earlier about being creative, but how about if you have any energy left? And again, I don't want to sound like everything's so easy, but if you do, why not put it towards your health? So, Natalie, any thoughts on that? Well, um, <laughs> you're going to think that crazy <laughs> because, like, I went to the other extremity. I mean, everybody, I know that everybody's like, like now the Zoom meetings and Zoom happy hours is very happening. I quit, I quit drinking when we started this quarantine life. So this is like my kind of mini challenge to myself. And because for me drinking, it's like, it should be a social thing. So I'm not drinking for the last almost nine weeks now. <laughs> and, and then I said, I mean, I train three times a week with uh, via Zoom with my trainer. But what we did with my sister, we said, you know what, like, let's challenge each other and keep each other accountable and do every day, rain or shine, tired or not tired, one exercise. I started with 500 squats every day. And after two weeks, I got a little bored. So now like I'm doing other exercises like for inner ties, but I mean the same exercise at least one week or two weeks and when she does abs she so we every day it can be during the day it can be at night it can we we text each other done done if one doesn't do the other one keeps her accountable and say you have to do it so at least we know that we move once a day Oh, that's awesome. You know, I haven't been invited to one single happy hour. It might be because I don't because I don't drink, but I just I mean, maybe you can invite me. <laughs> but I don't do happy hours. That's the problem. It's like and then let's be honest, I spend my day talking to people. So at night it's like I just like do a puzzle and then chill. <laughs> it's just perfect. I mean, we, we always talk about the negatives of this pandemic. We're all bored. We're at home with this. But let's talk about the positive. Like, the families are getting together. I, I really think that we we started to take everything for granted. We, we didn't have time for the, for the loved ones. It was like, I noticed, I used to just see the people around me, you know, not my friends, like, all over the world or this or that. Now, like, almost daily, I have video calls with my family. I chat with everyone. We check on each other. And I hear from my friends, a girlfriend of mine told me, you know, she said during this quarantine life, 
I met my husband and my kids because she said, normally we will all wake up in the morning, have breakfast. Everybody will go to work. The kids will go to school and at night we'll come eat and then go to sleep. Now we do games together. We do projects together. So we discovered each other and it's amazing. I think the together time is great. And I think, like I mentioned before, getting back to stuff that means a lot to you in terms of like your health goals. So Natalie, tell us what you do with clients and if you have any tips that we can take and, and how people can work with you too. Um, so with my clients, is I get more and more clients who obviously are depressed, who, who feel stuck, but clients also who kind of start, you know, right now I think we're like, when we're alone, we're alone with our thoughts and then they're like, okay, I need to work on myself. I need to use this moment to work on myself. I think the main thing that I do for my clients, either for weight loss, for happiness, for everything, it's the motivation because they lose it. And I try to motivate them and to, to show them the positive side of everything. And we, we set a goal together and we work through the goal hand to hand and I keep them accountable. Sometimes I'm tough. Sometimes I'm a bit nicer, <laughs> but, but you know, some people need the tough love, but I mean, at the end of the day, the, the first thing is even like for everything, for the situation, for a goal that we set for happiness, we have to accept. And then once we accept the situation, we can, you know, mourn it and then move on and go to our next real goal. And you're, you're, are you a psychotherapist? Yes, I am a psychotherapist, life and health coach. And actually, I just finished a specialization in hormones. But I'm practicing as a life and health coach. And I call myself a happiness and success coach because I really believe that everything starts from the happiness. If we're not happy, nothing comes to us. I mean, it's very easy to, to set goals and then like condition our happiness to something or someone, you know, a job or a lover or a husband or a house or this and that. But if we're not happy, once we get it, it's, it's not going to be sufficient. We're going to look for another one. So we have to first be content and happy with ourselves and the rest will follow. And it's what I'm teaching generally to my clients. And, and by the way, I prefer to be coached because the coaches, we can be more interactive with the client. As a psychotherapist, I have to just sit and listen. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's great. And I'm obviously things have changed with COVID-19 that in terms of, I would think people's fear, people's anxiety. So are you working a little differently? Is, is, are you letting that, if that comes up naturally in the conversation? We're, we're all human. We all, I'm sure you're like me. We started this quarantine life with, with this COVID on top of us saying, okay, I'm going to do the best out of it. And we all had down ups and downs. And my clients, obviously, they have some moments where you, they lose all their motivation, their happiness, and they start panicking. And that's the moment where I have to really push them and then see them that there is a light still at the end of the tunnel. And one of the tools that I tell them is, I know that we're tempted. I know that it's like social media, TV. Some people, they, they spend their day watching the news. I'm asking them to stop watching the news. You know, like 
once a day if you want to watch you know if there's a channel that you like or like read one magazine one newspaper but don't spend your day in front of the tv or like in front of social media checking all these news and oh, he said this and he said that and this is clorox this is this this like kills me this doesn't kill me you know what i mean it's like we have to stop because people are desperate and then desperate people do desperate stuff <laughs> and we don't want that I, I advise my clients to take a piece of paper not on the pc but a piece of paper take a pen or pencil and write down whatever they feel i want it to be raw you know like like it can be insults it can be like any word any feeling anything they have to write it down on the piece of paper and then once they finish writing it, it, this process will already help them to unload all the bubbled up feelings that they have in them. And then either they can, you know, put it into pieces and throw it away, burn it if they want, but don't burn the house. Or they can put it in a, in a lockbox and then like a few days later, read back and see if like those feelings are still relevant or not. This is a self-exercise that helps you cope with your emotions. Even if, you know, you have no one to talk to or you, you, you have difficulties to express yourself. So that helps. <laughs> you know, I have a box of journals I kept through my teens and 20s. And it, they're, it's, they're in a box uh, in the basement. And it basically says, if I die, please just burn this or throw it away. Do not read. Because they're pretty awful. And the other day I was going to go through them. And I thought maybe I should and just rip them all up and recycle them. Because can I recycle everything? I can they're really a downer. Like maybe I should just get rid of them and not re like why remind myself of all the hell I went through. Although then again, maybe it'll help people who, you know, you know, remind me now that, yeah, this seems bad, but geez, I got through my mother when I was uh, in my twenties, she died. And then six months later, my beloved grandfather died. And then six months later, a seven year relationship ended. And then three months after that, my father remarried. And it was like, it, are things ever going to be normal? Like there's just too much grief, too much pain. And look, I made it. Yeah, you made it. You made it amazingly. But do you read those or you? No, I haven't. I haven't looked at them in like 25 years. And I'm wondering if maybe I should. It could be interesting. Of course. And then see how much you, you grew out of them. And then like how much like your past experience brought you to, made you the person you are today. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, I definitely have some time on the weekends. It's nice is because my husband works Monday through Friday and on the weekends, it kind of gives me some time to, you know, just go out with the dogs by myself or hide somewhere in the house and be like, could you, Lila needs something. And I'm not, I'm, I'm like, I'm off duty. <laughs> That's a good one. And I know I'm lucky because not everybody has that luxury. So like I said earlier, if we have the time to work on ourselves, I think this is a good time. I think the other thing that's hard too is the boredom and the eating. I have a really strict diet because I have a lot of food sensitivities and I'll get a migraine from eating certain things. I don't want a migraine. So I am really, or I'd spend the whole day eating peanut butter and bread. Um, but I, I can eat dark chocolate and I notice that I'm walking by the dark chocolate drawer and I just keep eating it and keep eating it and keep eating it. And my husband's like, where's all the chocolate? And I'm like, Oh, I ate it all. What? You just got three bars yesterday. It's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. So what do you say to folks, especially around boredom? and eating? I mean, it's like, it's like the, the biggest enemy of <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, actually most of the time, like, Whenever we eat, we're not, we don't eat because we're hungry. It's because we're bored. Um, it's it's interesting because like when I started the the quarantine life, I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna continue eating healthy. And then around week 
four, five, I saw that my, eh, it was getting like little snacks, little this, little that. And I was like, you know what? Like, nobody's going to see me. I'm not going to go out. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to get ready for summer. Let's be honest. We all think about that. So what I did again, like I'm someone like who always experiment with herself <laughs> before, like talking with her, you know, proposing to her client. I put myself on a low calorie diet, but I mean, like I did like a little diet by myself. It's like, it's 800 calories, but I don't count all the oils or like dressings or all the stuff on the side. So it's basically more than 800 calories, but it's just, it, it helps me to eat the healthy food. Because like, let's be honest, if we're gonna get uh, processed food, they're gonna be much higher quantity, um, calories than if I eat salad. So I'm kind of like, it, it's my way of pushing myself to eat more greens and vegetables. <laughs> but it's it's like, this is my way. I know that it's an extreme, it's extreme. I think it's whatever i wrote on my book about that it's right it's the seafood diets thing it's like don't buy it you know it's incredible it's before coronavirus the only thing that i could see online was keto that carbs were death and this and that the <laughs> first thing that disappeared from the shelves were pasta i mean like what happened like did coronavirus cure gluten-free gluten uh problems like seriously that is so funny. You know, I mentioned earlier that I shop for my father-in-law because we don't want him to leave the house. And he's always pretty health conscious. And now, and I don't want to say anything because he's by himself. He's a widower. It's hard. But like most of the time, it's like uh, ice cream sandwiches, cookies, uh, juice, uh, bag of spinach, and... Um, you know, uh, just one more little treat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a guy who didn't eat that much sugar. And he's 86. I'm not going to be like, you know, Grampy, you might want to cut back because the guy's by himself and he's old and it's a crazy situation. But at the same time, I'm worried because he's consuming a lot of sugar. Of course. I mean, like everybody is like, that's the problem because, you know, I understand like the first reaction we're like we want to take stuff that you know like nobody knew what was going to happen it's like with the toilet papers too <laughs> but it has oh god why did people have to do that uh, we it's insane but we'll get to that go on about so, the food, so with <laughs> the the sugar. food they got like all these food that they can keep in the pantry but i mean like right. they were all gluten sensitive and now it's cured their their, their illness is cured and then they only got like <laughs> ice cream for their freezer pasta for their and then like chips and all those bad foods like when i was was, you know again i was doing like the online shopping all those were out of stock what was like in stock was like all the fresh vegetables <laughs> the, the, <Right>. you know <laughs> the, the, the healthy food was like they had as much as i wanted so it's it's you know again it's like okay i understand at the beginning you panic but adjust yourself and it's not because we're home that you should eat all this don't buy them don't buy the temptation at home and don't give me the excuse, I have kids. Your sh your kids shouldn't eat the temptation as well, bad food. I'm not saying be on a diet, starve yourself, but eat healthy, good food, whole grain, you know, and not processed food. 
it's a hard time for him. And I don't think it's going to like shorten his life at this point. If for a few months he eats more sugar than he usually does. Cause he still rides his bike. He still goes to the gym twice a week. Well, he was before this happened. Now he's just staying indoors. Speaking of getting outdoors, God, that is so important. You mentioned that it's hard in New York. I'm really blessed because I live in a town that's two thirds conservation land. I'm out every single day. What do you say to people who are in urban areas and they just feel like I can't go outside because people aren't social distancing? I mean, enough. you can go outside. It's not that people are on top of each other. It's just like don't go on the park where there are a lot of people. I honestly, what I do, it's I I I I go out around on the weekends around eight. I know that people are sleeping in because like they have nothing to do, and I walk on the streets and not on the parks or by the water. And I heard today, actually, my doorman told me that people, older people in the building, they go out at 2 a.m. just to be able to to be, you know, alone on the streets. So that's like, I think that's a bit extreme. But honestly, it's not that it's packed the roads. You can. And, then, and they're closing more and more streets to cars. So... When I walk, if I see someone without a mask and I'm getting too close, I change I change sidewalks. That's it. Oh, that's good. Now, have you been able to go to Central Park or is that closed? I don't know what's going on. With no, that. it is open. It is open. I've been um, actually on Sunday after we met with my sister, we went. But uh, we went early and around 9.30, it started to, I mean, early. It's not that we went at 5 a.m., but <laughs> Around 9.30, it started to get full. We left. And I live by the water. Believe me, it, like, it's imp- I mean, I will never go by the water when there is the sun and the weather is nice because like everybody is there. They're trying to social distance, but it's impossible. It's because like too many people. Natalie, you are always delightful. We have so much fun. And I'd love for you to tell people how to find your book, how to work with you, all the good stuff. So um, you can all go to my website. It's www.bon-vivantgirl.com. Bon vivant girl. It means well-living girl. Awesome. Well, everyone should follow you because you're terrific. And I, I tell you, we should be Zooming because I have to say, I'm not having as much Zoom contact with people as I'd like to. So I need to be doing that. Uh, I see plenty of my family. I'm ready to see other faces. So everybody, <laughs> keep that in mind. Also, if you want to learn more about the show, you can check me out at Lisa Davis MPH on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you like pictures of dogs, you'll love my Instagram. Uh, also, you can go to my website, www.lisadavismph.com. And please rate, review, subscribe to Talk Healthy Today. And I hope you're all doing well and keep coming back.